Have you been enjoying the adventures of our characters in Rumble Squad and Serviceable Plots? Or getting into the nitty-gritty rules for 5th edition? Support us on Patreon. By contributing as little as $1 a month, you'll get to hear exclusive content and updates before anyone else. Our higher-level patrons get access to DMs notes, outtakes from our episodes, and even a chance to add an item or NPC to a D&D Raw episode. Yes, you can hear our silly, out-of-character shenanigans, and even cause some of your own by influencing the story. Our producer-tier patrons listen to our audio before anyone else to give feedback and shape the final episode. We want to give a special thanks to our producer-tier patron, Matt Fry, for serving as a producer on this episode. We also want to thank our adventure-tier and above patrons for their support this month. So thank you, Feral Joe, Grimfuse, and a Linux fan. To join this list of outstanding people, go to patreon.com slash dndraw. By joining our patrons, you enable us to dedicate more time to creating episodes. And if you're not able to support D&D Raw on Patreon, we would love it if you leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you. Next week will be Rumble Squad Episode 20. Join us now for Serviceable Plots Episode 20, an entertainment-free zone. With me today are the following players. Hi, I'm Bethany, and I'll be playing Belinda Walsingham, the half-elf awakened mystic. Hi, I'm Adam, and I will be playing Akiva Khonshu, the Shadar Kai Hexblade Warlock. Hi, I'm Mike, and I'll be playing Scrib Whitecliffe, the human mastermind rogue. Hi, I'm Giuseppe, and I'll be playing Valen Blackwater, an Azimar monk paladin. Last time, the party had a chance to speak with Belinda's father Roland, and learn a little about Belinda, as well as how Orenthal and Solana differed. They then dropped off Ellen at the Erudite Sanctuary, under the care of the head cleric Catherine. While Scriv helped out at the temple to Adar, Akiva and Valen decided to go visit the temples of their own respective deities, Belinda and Zolus discussed the final stage of their job, and Zolus admitted that he was from a noble family here in Orenthal, though he did not enjoy the thought of returning home. After talking about future plans, the pair decided to meet back up with the party now that Belinda had acquired some funds for some future errands. We will jump over to Valen and Akiva, who are headed to the Rose and Gold Temple, as well as checking in on the Temple to Nezalem, the Hallowed Grave. So walking by, you do know that the Hallowed Grave, you will arrive at before the Rose and Gold Temple. Well, we'll go on there first. Are you sure? We can go to yours first and just double back. No, yeah, no, that that's that's fine. We'll go in there, poke around, see if you can't uh, find any like-minded fellows that you can get to know and get a feel for a few more people on the plane. Okay. I gotta say, I'm kind of nervous. As you walk up, no windows surround this plain red brick building, though the main entrance is open for you to peer inside. You notice within a high vaulted ceiling that leads to a nave and features an elevated pool of water. Everything within seems a bit cheap though, as if done on a budget. Candles and sconces line the walls, revealing several people within, many of whom are wearing long black robes with their hoods pulled low, but you do notice some that seem to be worshipping up by the elevated pool, though most of the worshippers are older individuals. Do you guys enter? Yes. As you do, you notice one figure, thick black robes, you notice a uh, human woman whose head is actually looks shaved with green eyes and soft chocolate skin. She comes up to you, candle in hand, and she places it nearby. Welcome, weary travelers. Has the road brought you closer to him today? Yes, I would say so. Hello, my name is Akiva. I am a follower of Neslam. I am Velma Bladewalker. What can I do for you here? I had just heard there was a uh, temple to Neslam, and I hadn't seen one previously in this area, so I was uh, curious as to visit it. Yes, this one was established about 150 years ago. It is still very new in the overall temples of the district. Please, enter. Yeah. So yeah, how many people usually come in here? Just curious. Depends on the day. Most people here pray for their loved ones who have passed. Yes. Can I roll religion to see if there are observances that I should be making? Yes, roll a religion check. 
and that was a 19. Akiva would have taught you this, but one of the customs upon approaching whatever the altar or the focus point of worship is to put your arms across your chest when you bow. I'm trying to be nice. I want to kind of inspect the temple to make sure everything's kind of in line with how Neslam's down with it. Roll perception. That is a 19. Everything is very simple and very focused. You see some imagery of scales held by a skeletal hand, but I mean, it's not super elaborate. You tend to have much more elaborate things where you're from. As long as it's in the same vein of, of worship. It seems like it. Okay. So how did you come to worship Neslin? I came as death is a necessary part of life. You move on from this life into the next. Indeed. He is the judge of our lives so that we may go to our appropriate final place. It is my hope to one day serve him in the afterlife. Understandable. Yeah, I've been a worshiper of Neslim my entire life. My parents worship Neslim, so they kind of taught me how to worship him in my upbringing. That is interesting. Most families do not worship Neslim together. Was there a loss in your family? She's escorting you towards the main worship area as you're entering. No, it was actually a lot of the people in the village from where I was from, they, they worship Neslam. It was kind of just the customary thing. Is it just her in the temple? No, you see a few people about. There's not a lot. You notice a few people praying, but very few acolytes or priests. But all the acolytes seem to be in the dark robes. Okay. Can I insight to see if she's really a follower of Neslam? If she really like... If she believes what she's been telling yes. you so far? I mean, you can insight it. Oh, that's a, there's no way I'm going to be able to insight it with a one. One total? Well, actually, that's a zero total. Yes, 100%. She might be like a bigger follower than you. Okay, but it was it was kind of the common thing from where I was from. And you said a village? I don't know of. Where is this village? I would love to make a pilgrimage there sometime. It's it, it it's a long way, ways away across the sea. Roll deception. That's an eight deception. She stops. Do you mock my beliefs? Not at all. Then why are you lying to me? Does this village exist? Yes, it, it does exist. It's just my upbringing could be frowned upon by most people, so I tend to keep it. You are in a temple of Neslam, and you claim to be a worshipper of Neslam. Why would we frown upon your upbringing here? It's not you, much more as it is everyone. Remove your mask. Can, can I just... It was It was Velma? Yes. We will happily remove our mask at the altar, but I fear that he might cause a bit of a stir if he removes it in the middle of the rest of the congregation, and I feel that all your questions will be answered when the mask comes off. So if we can just take the last 20 paces or so and get out of eyesight of everyone else, I'm sure Akiva would love to have this discussion with you over again with Thank you so much, everything laid bare. Roll persuasion. 25. Very well. And continues to walk all the way up to the altar. I apologize. I have been told previously that revealing who I am is usually not the best of ideas in not trusted company. If you are who I suspect, then I understand. Have we made it to the altar by now? Yeah, you're at the altar. Okay, so I will slowly lower the mask. Who has he guided you to see this day? I could be considered a semi-permanent resident. Are there several that you are to see? No. I am more, if, what do we call on a pilgrimage? I have just... A pilgrimage away from him? No, I still worship. It's just I wanted to see the rest of the world. He is not guiding you? Not this time. She is just taking a really long look at you. But yeah, so I, I've never come to a temple of Neslam in the material plane, so I was... Very interested to see what it was like. And I have, on my specific person, four gold pieces. I would like to bring them out, and I would like to donate these gold pieces to help improve the temple. Roll persuasion. That's 20. What's the total? The 27. Okay. In the background, I am going to actually observe all correct protocol and bow to the altar and not make things worse. She will take the gold. You are different than the Shadarkai I've read about. So, even among my people, I am a bit of an outlier in my beliefs. I follow the mainstay of beliefs, but I also believe that life in itself, the entirety is a journey. Both life and death, it's just different chapters. There 
can be no death without life. Exactly. So I tend to worship both existence and death. As you should. Yes. And yet you were left your home with Neslam to come to this plane on a pilgrimage that has nothing to do with Neslam. Uh, when we first met, Akiva, didn't you summarize your being here as um, exploring what might be of interest in the events that are transpiring on this plane to Neslim? And you did appear just a few short months before the great absence began. This is true. Truly, if, if Neslim, in all of his wisdom, did not have an insight into the workings of the universe, you would not have found yourself here. Roll a deception check. 20. <laughs> okay. Ah, so Neslim did not tell you. Very well. I understand better now. I have been told many times I am not great at communicating my intentions to people. I live a bit of a sheltered life in the Shadowfell. It is a good thing that your friend here is better at it than you. 100%. <laughs> well, please spend as much time as you require here. Would you like anything else of me? No, I just kind of wanted to basically hear your story. That was basically my main intention, to see what worshippers of Neslam in the Material Plane were like, what their experiences with our deity would be, that sort of mindset. For example, Velma, how did you come to the service of Neslam? I never knew my family. They died quite some time ago, and I grew up in the orphanage that's in the Low Hills, the Light Glide Orphanage. I had heard that my parents were killed some time ago, and... My focus on the fact of a passage into a better life that Nezalem provides led me here. This temple, when I was growing up, was still very new. I've been trying to build it up since then. So you talk to her for a bit. She tells you a little bit more about her, her story. And, well, please feel free to stop by at any point and worship at his altar. Thank you so much. And before I leave, if I could actually just kneel at the altar and pray for a minute, just kind of give my thanks for Nislam and hope that I have not lost his favor, I guess, and then we will head out. So, Akiva. Yes? You feel a slight chill down your spine when you pray. It's a little painful. Oh, Ooh. no! <laughs> okay. So, you guys leave the hollowed grave and press on to the Rose and Gold Temple. It is also a fairly rustic temple made of brick. The walls lined alcoves inside. You notice small altar and a wall of votive candles. Uh, here, the decoration is a little more lavish. It definitely costs a bit more money here. Lots of shield motifs, one presumes. Oh, yeah. Lots of shield motif, lots of sun or essentially sun on the horizon motifs. This is a much more established temple than you just left. And that's okay. Let's hope this is a little bit less intense. People here are much happier. There's brighter <laughs> colors. There's windows. There are windows to let the light in. You notice particularly large windows that face the east. So I'll find an acolyte. Excuse me, I'm, I'm looking for Armand. Takes you about a moment, but eventually you are directed towards the back of the temple where Armand does appear. He's a much older guy. Wavy, kind of auburn hair, gray eyes. And as you come up, he's, Valen! Armand! It's been some time. How are you? Uh, I am on the path towards good. That's where I am. How about yourself? I mean, every day is a new chance to do some good. So please, please, come. Uh, who is your friend? This is my good friend, Akiva. Hello. Akiva, priest Armand. Hi, it's nice to meet you. Well, no, please, lead us somewhere where we can actually speak without... Yes, yes, come. We'll go to the mess. We'll, we'll have some food or something. Have you eaten? You know me. I can always eat more. <laughs> come on, come on. We have some food in the back. And he'll start to guide you through... You recall spending a lot of time here, but he does arrive at the, the little mess where you see a couple other acolytes kind of moving about, and there's some simple food that's already out, like some bread and, and a few meats and stuff like that. Well, where have you been? It's been, oh gosh, uh, the better part of... Ten years, I want to say? I try to write, but I don't stop into Orenthal often. You know, one, the crowds. Two, the politics. But three, not everyone is as friendly towards me and mine as you. You know you're always welcome here at any time. Please. You've done a lot of good out there, so... And you've done plenty of writing for us. <laughs> I did my part. We'll say that much. But, speaking of being welcome, that is why I'm here. 
Yes. I'm going to be in town for a handful of days, and as I alluded to, I am on a bit of a searching. So I was hoping if I could impose upon you and the goodwill of Karis that I could get a cell and a cot and kind of just find some room for myself to do some meditation, some soul searching, and just a place that I feel a bit of a spiritual connection to. I mean, I came up through the temple. Karis obviously is... However, one wants to describe the relationship between he and Esh and I. Father is probably the closest, I would say. Depending on who you ask, yes, but some people just... The less we speak of it, the better. Point is, Father Karras, as you say, this is his house, and I would be here to help ground myself if you can find a place for me. Yes, of course. We usually have several simple rooms available. You're welcome to them. And you said a few days at least? Yes, just... I'll be in and out. I still have compatriots to attend to during the days, but I would like to spend my evenings centering, as it were, and uh, any simple cell will do. Of course. Akiva, are you staying here as well, or is there another place you'll be staying? It all depends on what you would like, Balin. You know I'm always here if you need me. No, no, you should you should stay at whatever accommodations Belinda can put together for us, or an inn if she decides that you and Scrib should have an adventure in an inn. I'm not sure what she's planned. This is her city, and I would look to her for that answer, but okay. if you're going to join the Catechism games, you'll want to practice with Scrib anyway. Yeah. So. Well, come on back. I'll, I'll show you a place you can put down your stuff, and then just come back tonight, and we can talk some more. Thank you, brother. Of course. So, he's going to show you to the back, give you a chance to relax and have a little bit of food and all that. So, we'll say the hour goes by. You guys all meet back up at the Erudite Sanctuary. I have a question for Mike. Has Scriv been going like 110% the entire time for the past hour? Yes, but he's been getting more and more frustrated, especially when he came face to face against an age of separation denier. They're like, an elf, an elf is an elf is an elf. I'm like, no! That is like the exact opposite of how reality works. What do you, th- this is one of the oldest relics we have here and you're saying that it's all made up. Yeah, <clears throat> that's a nice opinion, but you're wrong. Do we arrive as that's wrapping up? I'm probably like waiting for you guys and having one of their clerics just give me a talking to about how to properly like, handle okay, guests. You, you can't, I know that They're wrong. R- I know he's wrong, but it doesn't matter. They're here and we're, you just simply try to tell them. I present the facts in a nice and respectful fashion. Yes, but arguing with them and getting mad about it won't actually help you. Uh, I just, I don't. Oh, Belinda. <laughs> oh, how long have you been there? Are we good here? Yeah, we're good. I immediately get up. Thank you very much. I will be sure to visit again and help in any way that I can. Yeah, yeah. I will bring him back to the archives in a couple days. Make sure you definitely are with him. I'm just gonna quickly brush past. Thank you for your help, Scriv. I'm sorry to be troubled. I'm not asking. Look, there was a thing where my dad told me that I should go and do things that I want to do, and so I did, and it sometimes I just wanted to punch a guy in the face because he was being rude, but I didn't do that. So you almost got kicked out of your temple, too? No. Wait, what do you mean kicked out of your temple? Wait, what? No, it's he... Everything's fine. Okay, I think we should go, like... What happened to you guys in these... Yeah, we had a nice visit with Henrietta. Yeah, her landlady's real nice. It was enjoyable! It was just that last tour. I think I just needed to take a break. Uh, Repeating the same thing over and over and over is really hard. I did fine. Everything's fine. I didn't panic and definitely wasn't looking for some semblance of validation since this is the first time I interacted with my deity since I got banished. It's fine. Valid, is he as bad a liar in general as he is at this moment? I don't feel the need to drag him through anything further by dignifying that with a response. I think that you can deduce. All right, excellent. Things are going well. Please teach me how to talk. Oh my gosh, it's not that hard. What? It- Belinda, can can you include perhaps politicking? Maybe like situation diffusal. Yeah, maybe maybe navigating awkward conversations is something that we are collectively in need of improvement on. I just very much prefer to get things out in the air, and then if they're awkward, we just deal with them. I also subscribe to that. Okay, maybe that is a problem. If the only person who is agreeing with me is Akiva, I think there's a problem with how I handle social situations. Yes, speaking for the material plane, but more specifically, this city, 
Some things are better left unspoken. I'm looking at Akiva. I didn't say anything. I'm just going to say, do I need to take care of something? No, it's fine. Valen stepped in. I didn't step in. I just, I nudged you gently in the right. Okay, let's just move on. Yeah. So what's the plan from here? I think if we are planning to participate in events, we need to go and register. Yeah. So is there anything you want to do, Zolus, in terms of events? I mean, I'm pretty decent at uh, that fencing competition I saw. But beyond that, I mean. Are you looking to draw attention to yourself? Not really. So that's why I wasn't planning to sign up. You know, if you took off the hat, you'd be uh, pretty indistinguishable from the rest of the unruly mob. I mean, I'm wearing Scrivener clothes here, so... Yeah, but someone might recognize you, and I'm gonna give him the eyes. I've got a lot more scruff, and my hair's a little more unruly than it normally would be last time I was here. If you needed to enter a competition in disguise, I could help with that. Eh, I'd rather not. I'm just waiting for this, uh, this contact or whatever. I would just like to point out that... So far, our adversaries have not shown subtlety. Except for that one time where someone pretended to be our friend and then stabbed us. It was mostly me and... Yeah, yeah. they stabbed Zolas. I was just going to say, Zolas, I I don't think, not to speak for you, you're not worried about adversaries recognizing you, correct? No, 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 no. I just, uh, I'd rather talk to whoever this contact is before people I know know that I'm here. Can I send a telepathic message just to Scriv? Hmm? Just between us. Zolus is a noble here in Orenthal. I give him a double take? Please don't tell anyone. Just wanted you to be aware that is what he is referring to. He has absolutely none of the airs, like at all. I think that is why he left. Ah. But anyways, so I guess we haven't really talked about who's entering what. I know some people are interested in combat. I've circled half of the combat events. (laughs) (laughs) Akiva, are you doing any performing? I can. You had mentioned that there needs to be some sort of paperwork, right? Or you could kind of go the less official route. There are some less formal stages that you could, uh... <gasps> Illegal busking? Wow. From you, Belinda? Well, I had a suggestion. I know you required some interesting items in Amaran. Yes. I think with a, a little bit of flair, you could sell those for a good amount of money here. Sell them? If you wanted to. People like items of interest. Then you could buy more cool things. I guess. Does this mean he's getting rid of the awesome mask? Or the tiny in-tune violin? The one that uh, your pet's been learning to play? That's not being given away. He's working at it. He's working at it hard. He's gotten a chord before. Yeah. I'm not comfortable with the amber. Yeah. So if we could sell that. <laughs> that could go. I could maybe part with the violent propaganda comic. That can go, I guess. Just a suggestion. If you were looking to make some money, I think with your uh, salesmanship, a little bit of flair, you, you could bring some cash in. All right. Sure. I'll give it a whirl. Guys, can we just take a second? What's wrong with the amber? Because I have enjoyed not getting bitten up by mosquitoes late at night. Yeah, but he might have taken it from the guy who uh, originally owned it. Guys, we should probably get rid of the amber. In my defense, it was sitting there with all the rest of the stuff that was being sold. I just gave him the money. I didn't know that it was... Okay. You gave him money for something else and then saw that and grabbed it. I did... No, I thought it was part of the... I didn't mean to steal it if, if that is what we're going with, though. Okay? I don't think it was ever confirmed that it was his or not, so... Then we don't need to get rid of it. But I'd be more comfortable not holding on to a mysterious rock that controls insects. Yep. Especially if we're not sure that we own it and that the person who previously had it is not coming to find it. I agree. Yeah. Okay. And you know what? I've been with Valen enough times where he's haggled for items. I kind of want to give it a shot. All right. Yeah, I think you could be good at it. There's some places around town, I think, where you could sort of set up an informal shop and people probably won't notice because of everything else going on with the festival. Okay. What do you think in Helder Market District? Yeah, definitely. It's going to be chaos there, but yeah, I think with a little bit of street magic, you could draw people in. That's where we came in by, through that district. Okay. The insanity. You guys are being jostled a bit, by the way. Yeah, we're kind of outside the temple, right? Just yeah, sort of. that's why you're being jostled a bit, as, like, everybody's moving about. Okay, well, I'm planning to go sign up for the mock trial. It's going to be interesting. And then it sounds like we are going to sign up for multiple combat competitions across the group. Do you guys have any questions? Like, I know the pamphlet was kind of generic. Well, there's this listing of events, isn't there? Yep. 
So I'm probably going to sign up for the 2v2 with Akiva. Yep. And then there was a solo arena combat, but I don't think I do super well with that. Veiling, you said that I do better when I'm working with someone else. Absolutely. You're not bad, but your strengths come out when you have someone you can play off of. So, I mean, the free-for-all might be good for you, though. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Archery, fencing, that'll be exciting. Throne weapons, I like that. Single combat, wrestling. Anyway, no, I plan to spend my time getting beat up. Archery doesn't sound too bad either. Yeah, I'd like to give that a shot. Like, uh, remember when there were those bandits? I wasn't really able to do much walking out into a field with you guys, but it might be nice to have someone to be able to provide support, I guess. Practice. Okay. So, you're putting your names by what you want to do. Belinda, when you go to sign up for the mock trial, they do actually check for official paperwork, and they ask you a couple of questions on just, like, some of the laws in Ornthal. So, they just basically confirm that you actually are a citizen and have some knowledge so they don't just get anybody. And I pay the entrance fee. Yep. Which is pretty high. It's 25 gold to enter. Whoa! (laughs) For Cataclysm, when you go to initially sign up for that scriv, they do ask for your name and they just then say, just to test your knowledge, would you uh, sacrifice your Thoven for your Gerdus? No? Okay. He signs like, sorry, we just usually want to make sure that people have at least a basic understanding of Cataclysm. Okay, then. He asks you a couple more questions just in general on the game, but just to make sure you actually know how to play before he signs you up. So you wanted to do the archery 2v2 cataclysm. I think that was it. Okay. So you can do the archery today. The 2v2 and the cataclysm will both be tomorrow. Okay. Akiva, what are you doing? Is there food? There's always food. (laughs) There's tons of food. There's so much food. Well, what are you doing for this festival? For the festival, I was just going to participate in whatever really I was signed up for. So you were going to sign up for the 2v2 tomorrow morning. Yeah. And then uh, my focus was providing support and eating food. Okay. Well, you know what? Let's just throw in a weapon competition. Why not? Okay. So that you can do today if you want. Yes. And just food as you go. Yeah. Valen, what are you signing up for? Archery. Fencing, throne, single combat. You can do that today, or you can do the archery, fencing, and throne. I'll do the short ones today, and then do the... Combat tomorrow afternoon? Yeah, combat and wrestling. Okay, tomorrow you're going to be booked then. Cool. Because wrestling's in the morning, combat's in the afternoon. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. All right, and Belinda, I know you're doing the mock trial. What are you doing for the rest of the day overall? I mean, I guess I would run some errands. (laughs) Okay. I got some letters to mail, and generally, I would like to keep an eye on Akiva. Having heard a little bit about what happened yesterday in a temple for his own deity, I'm a little concerned. Just a little bit. But I'll I'll try to sort of, like, check in on everybody else. I guess sort of stop back in and chat with my dad a little bit and wait for a summons from my mother. Okay. Zolus is hanging with you, by the way. Okay. We can jump to the mock trial. Okay. You know that the mock trial is taking place just outside the Regency. There is... A stage set up and you see kind of like a podium where the judge is sitting. You know that essentially you will be presented with what the case is. You'll have a chance to speak to your client. You will be then told what the evidence is, what the accusation is, and you will have a chance to defend and provide a closing argument to the case. I have to successfully defend my client's innocence. The judge has to to rule in my favor. Basically. Okay. As you arrive, you are told that your client... And the case is the city of Orenthal versus Corbin Silcor. And you are told that he is being accused of using magic in order to make himself appear as a noble and using that false position to con nobles out of their money. You are given a chance to speak to him before you have to provide your argument. Okay. So you see, Stan, there is a half-elf, very plainly dressed right now, but he was accused of using the disguise self spell to falsely take money from nobles. This is like an actor portraying this character. So none of this is an actual trial. This is all actors playing parts. But it's inspired by potential things that have occurred in Yes. Okay, great. Corbin, was it? Yeah, and who are you? I'm Belinda Walsingham. I'm going to be defending you in this case. Can you tell me a little bit about what happened? (laughs) Sure. Well, they're accusing me of... uh using magic to convince a few nobles to give me money under false pretenses. Yes, I mean, yes, I, I read I read the brief. If you could really just 
Cut to the chase. What happened? Roll a persuasion check. It's an 18. Okay, so I've dabbled a little bit into magic and uh, practice a particular spell, Disguise Self. Okay, I'm familiar. I mean, come on, you live in the city. You know how nobles can get. They love their get-rich-quick schemes. They love making more money even though they have all of it. Now, you know, nobles don't tend to trust anyone not of their station so much with these kind of opportunities. So, uh, being a noble and offering them these easy ways to make some coin was actually a lot easier than it really should have been. So you did it. You are guilty. Let's to clarify. I mean, I said that they should invest in something and they gave money Cor- Corbin, so I Corbin. could- Time is of the essence here. All right, so. all right. Fine, fine, fine. It just didn't work because I ran out of time in the middle of a ball. All right? My spell dropped. Yeah. I don't care if you're guilty or innocent. I'm just here to prove that you could be. So, all right. If I understand. So you were caught at a ball in front of witnesses. Yeah. You were pretending to be a noble. Were you pretending to be a particular noble? Not really. I mean, you look around enough, you see nobles passing through all the time. You get enough of an idea of how they uh, how they look and take care of themselves. Okay. That actually helps our case. So you were not impersonating a specific person. Do you know if they have any evidence tying you to the actual con, aside from the impersonation of a noble? Well, they say they have some signed something from a noble or some nobles. I don't know specifically. Do you know if there's any specific evidence that ties back to you? Paper trails about the money being moved, or was it all cash? No, it was all coin. Okay. At least you're not totally stupid. I try. You got caught. Yeah, it was... Okay, so things in our favor. You didn't impersonate a particular person. Apparently there's no money trail to follow you. And you don't have to talk in the trial. Is there anything else I should be aware of keeping in mind? Your fate, you know, rests in my hands. I know some of the nobles were starting to get a little bit suspicious before I got caught, but never made them sign anything, and I never signed anything either. They all wanted to keep it kind of quiet. Do I want to know what the scheme was? Probably not. They're going to bring it up at the trial. Okay, wonderful. I think I have a alternative version of the story that we could offer. I don't know that it will prove your innocence, but I think it will be a way of not determining that you are 100% guilty of the crime you are charged with, which, Tony, just remind me, it's obtaining money under false pretenses. The crime is obtaining money under false pretenses. Okay. So I'd like to assess that he's not holding out on me. Okay. Roll an insight check. 14. So he's not holding out on anything in particular, but other than you know, like... He knows what the scheme was. Okay, of course than I that, know. It seems like this is another layer because I'm assessing an actor portraying a character. Yes. All right. Thank you, Corbin. I guess we'll see what happens next. Yeah. All right. So you are brought with Corbin before a judge who is basically is going to analyze your arguments. The prosecution is going to make their case first. The prosecutor comes up and says, "Now, Corbin Silcor is accused of obtaining money under false pretenses. We have in evidence." A sworn affidavit from a noble claiming to have been defrauded by Corbin. And he claims Corbin gained money from him to invest in a new product, a so-called magical printing machine, would revolutionize book production. However, this product never existed, and the money that Corbin took for the investment is gone. I believe this is enough evidence against Corbin to put him away and pay back his crimes. Turns to you. Let's look at the facts here. This affidavit, sworn, not by a particular person. You haven't given me the name of this noble, so I have no way of verifying that it's true. If it's anonymous, then it could come from literally anyone. That's currently the only evidence you have of any wrongdoing on his part, aside from the fact that he was revealed to not be who he said he was at a ball, but let me present to you what actually happened. Corbin, rather than being some sort of terrible con artist, is actually a performance artist. He presented himself as a noble, not a particular person, which would be a crime, but as sort of an amalgamation of the noble stereotype, deconstructing the idea of what position and privilege are here in Orenthal, which he was successful in and revealed at the ball as a fraud just to drive a conversation about what it means to have this position and privilege. There's no evidence that he committed any crime. There's no money being tied back to him. This scheme you mentioned, while sounding absurd, there's no proof. And who would believe such a thing as a magical printing machine anyways? With no witness to a crime, his behavior being completely innocent, and even, I would say, trying to better the public good by striking up a conversation about privilege, I think Corbin is innocent. The judge adjusts a little bit. So you're saying 
that this was in fact an artistic expression rather than an attempt to take any money, which I believe this sworn affidavit from an anonymous noble was not his attempt to take money, according to this affidavit, but to display an artistic form of nobility? Yes, Corbin is a performance artist, trying to lift the veil that we all, you know, fall behind on what it means to be in a position of privilege and power and what it means to have that all stripped away. So, I would like one deception. <laughs> 23. Okay. And then for the, the sake of just like the continuing trial so we don't have to do an entire trial yeah. on this, roll an investigation as you're analyzing the arguments made by the prosecutor, and then one more persuasion check. The investigation's only a 13. Okay. But the next check is a 17. Okay. So by the end of the trial, as you have presented your arguments, as there is no actual noble name attached to this document, and there is no one that seems to want to come forward to affirm that Corbin has taken any of their coin, I hereby drop the case. Corbin is innocent and free to go. Yay! So, again, for the sake of simplicity, it's several trials, and we just wanted to illustrate one. Can you roll me two investigation and two more persuasion? So it's a 13 and a 20 for the investigation, and a 24 and a 15 for the persuasion. How do I do? Roll two insight and two deception. Okay, you want the two insight first? Yes, please. A 20 and a 24? And then deception? Yes. 17 and an 11. (laughs) Okay. Belinda, you get through round after round, continuing to succeed in defending your clients. And as it comes to the final round, you are given a verdict of not guilty. Yay! Winning the competition. Yay! Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. The judge calls you forward and you see an official paper on the desk. So, as part of the prize, you are given a hundred gold pieces, as well as the title of mediator. Excellent. If you sign here, and she presents two papers that look identical, what it does is it gives you the title and privilege to mediate a dispute, particularly outside of Orenthal, but as long as it's within the Vremer Empire, you can essentially give verdicts. So you have some judicial power with that as a mediator in disputes. So you are given one document that is already signed, actually, by the head judicator, head judicator Berrien. They're both signed by head judicator Berrien, but you are given one copy to keep as it is your official documentation to indicate that you actually do have this power. All right. Well, thank you. I will carefully put that in my bag and uh, then, I guess, check to see how the others are doing. Okay. So, Valen and Scriv are both jumping in on archery, correct? Yes. And Akiva, you're basically just going around and supporting people, right? Heck yeah. (laughs) Go team! (laughs) So, archery competition. As you guys all walk up, you see kind of everyone gesturing forward and a rock across. Pretty thin, with yellow plumage and dark eyes, and starts to set you up along a shooting range once you have your time set up and steps over to the side to explain the rules. You will have three shots at each target and three targets at three separate distances. The first target is 50 feet and points down the field. You will get points for every time you hit it. Bonus points if you hit dead center. The second target is 100 feet. Shakes feathers out a little bit. More points for hitting this target. More points for hitting the center of the target. The final target is 200 feet. These will give you the most points. And best of luck to all of you. On my mark, you will fire. I will pull out the bow inscribed with the symbol to Vomera. All right, so bow's out. We will have Scriv fire his first three and then Valen fire his first three. All right, quick prayer to Vomera. We don't talk often, but I did help out Zolus. Maybe you could uh, give me some favor. First one, 27. And that one's a 19. Okay. So your first and third arrows hit the dead center of the target. Your second arrow, as you're initially firing it, just skims the edge but doesn't stick to the target and falls to the ground. You do get, for those targets, four points. Okay. Valen. 17. Okay. 
22. And the last one is 21. Okay. You see a few others that are firing with you guys. Some are just missing marks entirely. Some are, are doing pretty well. Valen, three shots, hits dead center almost every time, getting six total points. So... As they are going about the field, you see a few people moving about. They're actually picking up the first targets and moving them to the side to give a clear line of sight to the second farther targets. So as they prepare and get everything set up, they allow you time to, you know, rotate the shoulder, get ready, and for your next series of shots to the center. And fire! So first, Scriv, I need three attack rolls. 17, 23, 14. Okay, you... Fire all three shots. Your first one sinks close to the center. Your second one dead center of the target. And your third hits the edge of it, but does hit the target. You get a total of eight additional points. Let's see what you got, Valen. I did the thing. (laughs) He got a crit. 17, 18. Okay. Valen's first shot seems to almost like pierce completely through the center of the target. It is exactly on point. Um, the following two are close, but they don't quite get to the center. They do hit the targets each time. Valen, you also do get eight additional points. Okay, we got the same points? Oh, right, because you got the 23. Nice. Dude, we're killing it. You're looking around like, these schlubs don't know what was happening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm not paying attention to the rest of the crowd. I just want to try and impress Valen Senpai. What he doesn't know is Valen sitting there going... Okay, you've managed it so far. It's been a long time since you used the bow and the hard part's coming. <laughs> so, as they are clearing the middle set of targets, they are getting everything ready for the final set, giving you all a moment to focus on your target and just the 200 feet that it is from you. All three of these shots will be at disadvantage. Quick prayer to Adar. Hey, I know I was talking to Vimera. Perhaps maybe if you could also provide me the knowledge necessary, I would appreciate it. 14. 22. And that's a 16. Okay. Your first shot, you fire, and it falls short, landing in the dirt a few feet from the target. Your second shot, you fire, and it hits the center of the target. Yes! Your third and final shot goes out and hits the very bottom of the target, nearly missing it, but does stick. So, you get a total of nine additional points. Valen, three shots at disadvantage. 19 total. 15. So the last one is 22. Okay. So, Valen, you fire your first shot, which does hit the target. The second one falls just short. Oh, whinged it. Whinged it. But the third one hits dead center. Yes. I applaud. So you get nine points for that, which does... Scriv, you received a total of 21 points, putting you in second place. (gasps) What? What? With Valen taking first at a total of 23 points. Ooh. Ooh. Yay. The next nearest runner-up had 19 points. Oh. I congratulate Valen. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. We did it. We did the thing. This felt a lot more comfortable than fighting in melee. <laughs> that's for sure. So, Valen, as cheers are going out and everything, you have some fans. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna. I'm doing the princess wave. I'm, bra- I'm waving my entire arm. I'm doing the princess wave. <laughs> he reaches in and pulls out a small bag of coins, and for the winner, five gold. So that was Valen's prize. Does Scrib get a prize? He does. For second uh, place, you do get a small bag of coins that has two gold. Oh, oh. nice. I want to shake Valen's hand, look him dead in the eye, and say, I'm absolutely terrified of this crowd. Please get me out of here. <laughs> Let's go, buddy. <laughs> the fencing competition actually takes place on basically the borderline between the Daybreeze and the Gold Petal Gardens district. The Thrown Weapons competition takes place in the Iron Fist district. So, as you guys are traveling through, you'd basically wind up getting to the fencing competition first. So, Valen, I know you wanted to enter this one. Let's do it. You see several rapiers with the point is blunt, and they provide a, like, protective leather layer. You see a halfling seems to be directing this one, helps to sign you up, and after a little bit of time, you have a competitor set against you. So, what I'm going to need from you is three attack roll. 21, 15, 17. 
So, as you come face to face with this one uh, human man, he sends a rapier in position, you square off against each other, and in the initial flurry, you go back and forth, and neither of you are giving way at all. It continues to press back and forth. He's blocking your initial strikes, and you're blocking his. However, as you press on, you have the endurance, and he does not, as he is growing tired, and quickly, with two strikes, and you needed two strikes out of three, you hit him square in the chest. They call after the first strike. You continue the volley, and again, strike him, giving you the points to pass the first round. So, as things are setting up for round two, I would like three additional attack rolls. Okay, so that was 22, 16, and 14? Yeah. Okay. So, as you start off this new round, you begin to press the attack, and thanks to a quick advantage, you smack him into the shoulder, striking him for your first point. On the second volley, you again press the attack, continue moving, but with a quick flourish, he ties up your blade and then strikes you in the chest. So a point to each. In the third one, both of you are a little more tired. It's been two rounds of this going back and forth. And Valen, you did already have an archery competition a bit earlier. So as you're going back and forth, you're straining, you're pushing, but with a quick thrust, you get just past his defensive and strike him in the chest for the third point. Proceeding to the final round. All right, so three attack rolls for the final round. 22. 15 plus six. So 15 total. By the way, on the sidelines, <laughs> I am silently observing these fighting styles and trying to absorb them as much as possible. I'm running some errands at this point. I'm tired. Is Zolus with you, or did you tell him, hey, I'll be back? No, Zolus can come with me. Okay, cool. So Zolus will come with you. Okay, so in the initial strike, as soon as the bell rings to go, you strike him in the chest. No issue. Dead center. He almost seems unprepared. For the second volley, as you press back and forth, continuing to try and find an opening in his defense, he bats your sword aside for a brief second as he gets the point to hit your shoulder. No. For the third volley, as you press, you are tired. It has been a long day, and yet he seems more tired. And in the final push, you actually twirl the blade and knock it aside out of his hand as he rolled a nat one. (gasps) (laughs) Only thing that could have saved me. (laughs) And strike him in the chest. So, Valen, for this fencing competition, you win an additional five gold pieces. Big dinner for everyone tonight. Pressing on to the final competition before essentially it is night and too dark to continue playing, you guys do get to the Throne Weapons competition, which Akiva and Valen are both participating in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Big hugs, big hugs. So for this one, you are told you get to choose what weapon you would want to throw, as there are hand axes and daggers. Well, I guess daggers for me. Valen, you're also participating daggers as well? That's probably for the best. Okay. So, you do see three targets, one at 10 feet, one at 20 feet, and one at 40 feet. So the last one is a disadvantage. However, you get five throws, whatever targets you choose. The farthest one is worth five points. The middle one is worth three, and the closest one is worth one. I rubbed your shoulders. I was like, you can do this. You can do this. I know I'm competing against you, but you can do this. (laughs) I bought him a skewer. Mm -hmm. So, Balin. I go for the far one for the first throw. Far one. 20. That is a hit. Next one. Next one, I'll go for the middle. That's a 16. That is a hit. Next one. Also to the middle. 23. Hit. Next one. I'm going to try the far one one more time. 17. That is a miss. Going for the long one again. 22. Yep. So you got a total of 16 points. Akiva. First one, I'm going to go for the middle. 18 on the dive. That hits. Second one, I'm going for the far. 19. That hits. 13. On the far one? Far one. That misses. Okay. You know what? I'm going all in. All of them are on the far one. You're already a winner in my heart, man. (laughs) A 19 total. That hits. Get it, get it, get it, get it, get it. (laughs) Last one. 18 and 19. Yes! On the die? On the die. All right, so 
You see several dwarves are participating as taking hand axes rather than daggers, and they're hurling them. Most of them are going for the center one. You notice, though, there's definitely alcohol on all of their breaths. <laughs> uh, they've been drinking most of the day. So while they're they're doing okay... It's a festival. <laughs> oh, yeah. Valen, you have your five shots. You hurl it at the far one and sink it in. You then hedge your bets a little bit and focus on the middle one, taking two quick shots before going again to the far target with a little more confidence, but your fourth shot just passes overhead. You throw a little too hard before your fifth and final shot sinks in for the 16 points. Akiva, you focus first on your middle target, sinking it in. You get like a quick pat on the back from one of the dwarves. Both of you are like getting some pats here and there. Like, yeah, come on, you can uh, you can do it. <laughs> ah, <laughs> a little light jabbing about using the light weapons. <laughs> from there, Akiva, you focus all your remaining shots on the far targets, sinking the second one, missing the third one, hitting with the fourth one. You have people kind of watching you by this point as you sink in your final shot, beating Valen and getting first prize by two points. So clutch. (laughs) Akiva, you win five gold pieces for the win. Valen, you get two for second place. But by this point, Everything's kind of winding down. People are going for dinner and more drinks for the dwarves. What is the plan for you guys for the rest of the evening, for the first evening? I'll make sure I wrap up whatever I'm doing around the time for the they'd finish up so we can all go to some sort of evening meal. So you do see a guard actually walking by at one point in his red and silver that looks around and spots you and runs over to you and quickly stands straight at and holds out a small parchment to you. Lady Walsingham, your presence is requested tomorrow evening. Thank you. Nods. Thank you for your service. Ma'am, continues on. The letter says, Dearest Belinda, your presence is requested to attend dinner with your father and I tomorrow evening, as I will be too busy this evening to see you. You are free to bring your friends if you wish. Simply inform one of the guards to get a message to me. Sincerely, General Rose Walsingham. All right, so that I guess we are free this evening. So you guys reconvene. You know where they were going to that they were going to the Throne Weapons Competition. So you can meet them like just outside the the Iron Fist District as that's wrapping up. Okay, I'll wait till it's over because there's a lot happening. It's loud. There's a lot of dwarves. How's Scriv doing? Scriv has definitely, by the way, been like patted on the back occasionally. Oh. Like an ale might have been offered to you. If you're in the Iron Fist, there are so many friendly dwarves around. I get they're being super nice, and that's great, but I really am just at the end of my rope right now. All right, so we're all together so we can talk. So we hadn't made plans for the evening. I would recommend we get some food. We hadn't determined a place to stay. There is my apartment. I suppose we could also arrange if some people want to stay at a temple to Adar. There are lots of lovely inns of all expense levels, so... What are you guys looking for? Because I will be staying in my own bed. Really, it uh, comes down to Akiva, Scriv, and Zolus, because I am lodging at the Temple of Karis. Okay, sounds good. I mean, I'm still in your care for now, so... As much as I would like to go and stay in the Temple of Adar and do more research, I do think it's wise to stick with Zolus and maintain the guard. Just because we're right near the end of the mission, you shouldn't relax. Yeah, that's fair. So, I have some... Like cots, I can set up. My place is big enough, so that'll work. Akiva, are you going with Valen, or I assume you're not going to the temple to Nezalem? No, Valen, you seem like you have some contemplation you want to take care of. You can come, but it will not be entertaining. That's fine. To be clear, it will not be entertaining at my place either. Is it an entertainment-free zone? There are <laughs> rules. <laughs> I would probably prefer to go with you, Belinda. So that way, Valen doesn't have to worry about me, and I'm in more private company. I want to spend a little bit of time with Lazarus. Okay, yeah, that's fair. He can totally come out as long as he doesn't disrupt any of my shelves. You, you've been with him long enough. You know he's more organized than I am. That's fair. That's that's more than fair. She didn't want to just come out right and say it. <laughs> You're allowed to say it. <laughs> I'm trying to be kind. All right. Do we want to go get food first? Yeah. Yes. How flush with cash is everyone feeling? A bit. My good friend Akiva here just beat me at a throwing competition, so he's got five gold. So if you want to eat something that is good, hearty food, that is something that would compare favorably with most places, we could eat near where we were by the temples. If you are looking for having a meal that we can remember, I recommend 
pretty much any of the restaurants in the debris. That's near where the Honing Steel was. There are some rather fine establishments, but they are pricey. That one. Let's do that one. Tonight we are celebrating a successful journey. We should bathe. That's fair. Yeah. Bathhouse, then fancy dinner, all at the Daybreeze district. If this is a nicer place, am I allowed to wear my mask in there? Yeah, of course. Okay. The restaurant is called The Fable Exchange. It's very exclusive. <laughs> Do we have to, like, tell a story to get inside or something? No, Belinda just had to actually mention her name to get on the, way- on the well, list. Well, we could name drop or we could try to earn our way in, I think. <laughs> we can earn? Yeah, yeah. So you have to share an interesting story with the people in the restaurant because that is part of a... Hold up. Let me buy. <laughs> well, well, no, no, not Akiva. <laughs> Let me tell you the story of my people. So what's the story you are telling to get in? I would maybe tell a story of maybe one of my times during the Halfling Village. That's a good one. I will share a fictional story on the return of the deities. Bit of a hopeful note, there we go. Yes, trying to be optimistic here, but recognizing that there would be heartache, but it would be a healing experience. So trying to be on brand as, you know, a representative of, you know, the Temple of Adar. So that is my story. I'll tell the story of Bevel the Bard. He's a halfling trickster traveler that goes around and teaches people valuable life lessons. What's the crowd look like? I can tell you, it's a bunch of super rich, snobby people because we came to the fanciest restaurant in a fancy town. So I tell them a story that's quaint. Yes. Good. And they're like, oh, how charming. <laughs> Good. Something exotic then. We'll go with an embellished story of some of Balin's times traveling as a mariner guard and a run in with a few pirates around an isle of pirates. You know, just something something with a treasure island feel. Like definitely adding on more than what actually happened. But nobody cares. They're all like, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. that's good. I assume we still have to pay for our food, but that's how yes, we Yes, but it's a way you can get in easier. Okay, well, we actually get in and get to sit, I assume, because there are Yes. Zolus does tell a tale of a successful defense of a ship from some deadly, deadly pirates. <gasps> wow. They might start thinking we know a bit about pirates if we're not careful. <laughs> So Zolas and I coordinate, and we could tell a, a terrowing tale of pirates. The pirates yeah. <laughs> he he kind of jumps in as you initially talk about the pirates, and he helps Boom. to to build it. He's like, let me tell you the tale of the pirates. Not that I would know anything about no, pirates. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, not at all based in real life. Totally fictionalized account. Complete fantasy. So you eat some amazing, delicious food. There is uh, garlic and basil leg of lamb. There is some cheese rolls with nuts, honey, and vegetables. There is the most expensive item on their menu if you wish to purchase it, but it is breaded breast of griffin in a whiskey mushroom sauce. Shoot, man. How much does that cost? That is 10 gold. (gasps) Jeez. No, who wants some? Oh! <laughs> I'll have a bite. Yeah. I'll have a bite. I will purchase one for the table. So you purchase one for the table. All the rest, though, would be about two gold apiece for each of you. Okay, that's more what I was expecting. <laughs> yeah. Look, we've survived a lot of things on the way here. I feel positive affirmation is important. A- and I'm assuming, Tony, we get to hear the, the stories of other people? You do. You hear uh, many other stories as you sit and enjoy your food. This was good. Yes, yeah, it's nice. And then I guess after that, we'll retire. You will uh, head back. I know, Valen, you're heading to the Temple of Karis. Everyone else is going to Belinda's. Do you want to meet up early in the morning so we can do morning sparring before the tournament? No, I will actually, probably a half hour before the tournament, we can get together and go through exercises together, but I'm going to be busy in the morning. Fair enough. So, you guys head back to Belinda's apartment. You do see it is a store that is called the Much Cry and Little Wool. Walking in, you see behind this counter, uh, reading a silver dragonborn, and looks up, oh, you're back. Do you have a good day out? Yes, very productive. We went to the Fable Exchange. Oh, well, you must have had a very good day out then. That was good. Sorry, and I'll just quickly do introductions for um, Scriv Mm -hmm. and Akiva. This is Henrietta. She owns and runs the shop here. I uh, rent the space upstairs from her. Hello. Good to meet you. A friend of yours, well, I guess a friend of yours, dropped this off and she holds out a little flyer that says, Please enjoy a breakfast tomorrow at the Hypnotic Night Tavern. Oh, well, who, who dropped this off? Sorry, I'm, it's unsigned. 
Ah, he's a, it's an entertainer that goes around, this half-dwarf guy. Oh, right. Sorry, I should have been expecting this. Thank you, Henrietta. You're up rather late. I, I figured you'd be reading. She picks up a book. In your study, I mean. <laughs> oh, oh, eh. I knew you weren't in yet, so just wanted to see how your day was. This is quite the specialized library. Oh, yeah, sorry. Henrietta's a bit of an expert on religious texts. How far back? Well, I mean, as far back as I'm able to get. That's an answer, but it didn't exactly... <laughs> sorry, it's very late, uh, but hopefully we'll speak to you tomorrow. I'm sure they'd love to get to see the shop more, and I know you have a lot of wisdom to share. Of course, I can lock up and everything, so... Yeah, thank you, Henrietta. And that is where we're going to leave this episode for today. Thank you for listening. Please share this with your friends and follow us on Twitter at Rules is Written, or check out our website, dndraw.com, and feel free to email any questions to our dungeon master at dm at dndraw.com. Please subscribe and consider leaving us a review or comment anywhere podcasts are found. And last but not least, please check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash dndraw. We'll see you next episode. 